Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Guys, you know that chronic inflammation is at the root of every degenerative disease. Inflammation is ravaging lives all over the world, causing massive amounts of unnecessary suffering. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting to the root cause of inflammation. And so I interviewed 36 of the top doctors and experts in the world to uncover the root cause factors involved with inflammation and give you the best natural healing strategies to get well naturally. And I'm giving it away for free at chronicinflammationsummit.com. That's chronicinflammationsummit.com. And you can register and you'll immediately get access to some of the amazing uh, presentations, including Kieran Krishnan, where we talked all about leaky gut, endotoxemia, inflammation, and microbiome reconditioning. That was one of the best interviews I've ever done. So fascinating, such an amazing topic. You'll get that for free when you register at the chronicinflammationsummit.com. Again, we're giving this away for free from June 6th to June 12th. But when you register today, you'll immediately get access to some of these, some of the free content, including Kieran's talk. Um, once we get into the event, you'll also, uh, be able to listen to Dr. Nasha winners. And she is a holistic oncology expert. And she talks all about the cancer inflammation connection. I interviewed Dr. David Perlmutter. We talk about blood sugar, insulin, inflammation, and brain degeneration. Uh, Dr. Christine Schaffner. We talk all about biotoxin illness, lymphatic function, and neural inflammation. I mean, so many great presentations in here. Just go to the chronic inflammation summit.com. And you'll also get access to several of my free guides, including my new inflammation crushing smoothie guide that I know that you guys are going to love. You'll find some of the best possible smoothies that you can make um, in that. So you'll get that for free immediately when you go ahead and sign up. So again, it's chronicinflammationsummit.com, chronicinflammationsummit.com. That will register you, get you a whole bunch of free gifts, including several amazing interviews I did. And then we're going to be giving the entire event away starting June 6th to June 12th, where you'll be able to listen to four or five interviews each day. So you guys are going to love this content. Again, chronicinflammationsummit.com is the place to go. This podcast has been brought to you by Paleo Valley. They are one of my favorite companies because their products are super pure full of incredible ingredients. And I want to tell you about their meat sticks. They have 100% grass-fed beef, pasture-raised turkey meat sticks that my family and I love. My kids love these because they have tons of flavor. They're completely free of carbs and sugar, and they have probiotics in them as well. So they're great for your gut, great for supporting your appetite, your satiety levels. They help you uh, feel satiated. And they help you burn fat for fuel. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, and preservative-free. 
So they are the top of the line. They've got some great flavors that you will absolutely love. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. I mean, my kids love these, my family loves these, and I know you will as well. So try them out, Paleo Valley, and I know you're going to love them. This podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on the top 10 ways to optimize human growth hormone naturally. Human growth hormone, or HGH, is the quintessential anti-aging hormone. It helps us burn fat, build muscle. It helps improve our collagen and our skin structure. A lot of people are going out and they're looking for synthetic HGH, but there are many downsides to using synthetic hormones. The good thing is your body can produce abundant amounts of HGH even as you get older if you follow the right lifestyle principles. So in this podcast, I go through the best lifestyle principles to follow in order to optimize your HGH levels throughout your lifetime so you can get all the great benefits, better immune health, better fat burning, better lean body tissue development, healthier, more youthful looking skin. You guys are going to get so much value out of this podcast. Please share it with anybody that you know that is looking to improve their health, that's looking to help to, to age healthier. This would be a great podcast to share with them. And also, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment and leaving us a five-star review. When you do that, that actually helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thanks so much for doing that. Thank you for being a part of our community. And let's go into the show. Today, I'm talking about 10 ways to optimize human growth hormone naturally. And human growth hormone is also called somatotropin. And there are many benefits to it. It is, it is considered the quintessential anti-aging hormone. What does it do? Well, it really supports our brain. It helps improve our memory, cognitive function, our, our ability to concentrate and be alert. It helps prevent against things like Alzheimer's disease, helps support your motivation, your work capacity, and improves your overall mental function. How does it improve our skin and our hair, right? It's called anti-aging. A lot of times when, when we talk about anti-aging, people think about skin and hair. Well, it increases your collagen. So taking like a collagen supplement you know, it can be beneficial for your health. However, if you don't have enough growth hormone, you're not going to produce collagen. So really important for collagen. Collagen is also, you know, the major uh, protein that's involved in our joints or so our tendons, our ligaments. So growth hormone really helps stimulate collagen production. And so that, again, healthy, strong ligaments and tendons preventing injury, as well as good, healthy skin, thicker hair, um, decrease sagging of our skin, right? So we, we improve the elastic components of our skin. So it's not sagging or uh, has a lot of wrinkles, things like that. We have smoother, firmer skin. Uh, we have, you know, again, less cellulite, fine lines, different things like that. It also improves our sleep. HGH improves our sleep quality and good sleep quality, as you guys will learn, is very important for proper human growth hormone production. It's also critical for our immune system. So it helps stimulate bacteria fighting macrophages, increases the production of white blood cells that fight disease, 
It also increases production of T-cell and interleukin-2, which help to act to keep inflammation under control and increases the maturation of our neutrophils, um, which are, are critical, you know, one of our first line uh, um, immune cells that comes out to, uh, to break down and destroy pathogens that are coming in our system. It also turns on fat burning. And for a lot of you guys, you really are, are, are interested in that. HGH is a quintessential fat burner. And on top of that, it also preserves your lean body mass, right? So it reduces your risk of osteoporosis because it keeps your bone density intact, improves bone healing, and also improves sexual function in both men and women, and improves recovery from exercise and from injuries. And this is also why, you know, a lot of athletes will take synthetic growth hormone because they want to recover faster from different injuries. Maybe they've had surgery, maybe they're trying to prevent injury. So they're taking synthetic growth hormone. However, I don't recommend that. I don't think that's healthy at all. And I think that there are many ways you can optimize your body's own natural growth hormone production so you can really get these benefits without taking some sort of synthetic growth hormone. Now, one of the issues with growth hormone is that it declines with age. So we it's very, very high when we're young because we are growing fast. However, as we get older, it declines. And so this is important to understand. So we want to optimize our growth hormone levels, as, especially as we're aging. It's super important so we can, again, recover from you know, daily stress, uh, more effectively so we can have better brain function, better sexual health, right? Immune health, all those different benefits we talked about. So primary functions of growth hormone, it burns fat, right? So we think about it, you know, if I were to summarize it in a few things, I would say burns fat, builds muscle and bone, right? That's pretty much how I would describe it to somebody. Of course, you know, we also just talked about how it improves your immune health, how it improves your brain, how it improves your energy, your cardiovascular health, your sexual health. However, you know, the kind of the main things are burning fat, right? Building muscle and bone tissue. That's a good thing. That's what we want. Now, a lot of people get confused with, you know, there are, 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 are you know, associations between IGF-1 which is uh, growth hormone will help stimulate the production of IGF-1, these different proteins from the liver. Growth hormone itself comes from the pituitary gland. So there is growth hormone releasing hormone or GHRH, which is, which is released by the hypothalamus, which tells the pituitary gland to produce growth hormone. Growth hormone then will go to the liver and stimulate the production of these IGF-1, proteins, which again, help us burn fat, build muscle and bone. Now, there have been reports about IGF-1, high IGF-1 levels and cancer growth. But the big thing here is that high IGF-1 and high insulin, the combination, higher insulin and higher IGF-1 combination causes tumor growth, right? It can, it's directly related to um, higher prevalence of tumor growth. Whereas your growth hormone itself is actually associated with low insulin because insulin and growth hormone are antagonists. So your GH and your insulin are antagonists, meaning that 
they oppose each other. So when insulin is elevated, growth hormone goes down. Okay, and insulin is the dominant player, meaning that if insulin is elevated, insulin itself can drive up IGF-1 activity um, and it will suppress growth hormone activity, GH. And so we want low insulin and now we get the growth hormone effect and now we get you know the benefits of uh, IGF-1 in a low insulin environment. Now there's another hormone called ghrelin. Ghrelin is our hunger hormone. It comes from our stomach. And so when blood sugar is low or there's no food in the stomach, ghrelin will be released. Ghrelin helps to activate the production of growth hormone, right? So it helps to activate growth hormone. And then you also have a hormone coming from the hypothalamus called somatostatin. And somatostatin will, will tell the hypothalamus to inhibit the production of growth hormone. So you have growth hormone releasing hormone, which coming from the hypothalamus, which turns on the production of growth hormone. And then we have somatostatin, which turns off the production of growth hormone. So mm -hmm. that's a key understanding there. And again, like we said, you know, when there's no insulin available or a very low insulin, when we get our insulin levels down under a certain threshold, it's not that there's actually no insulin, but insulin's down under a certain threshold, we turn on fat burning. And part of that mechanism is the production of growth hormone, which really tells the body, okay, burn fat for fuel. So insulin goes down, we start burning fat because of the production of growth hormone. So the growth hormone axis, you know, again, we have growth hormone releasing hormone stimulating the anterior pituitary gland, which turns on growth hormone production. Growth hormone sends a signal, retain nitrogen. Nitrogen is critical for muscle growth, for protein synthesis and muscle growth. It will also activate the osteoblasts within the bones, which are the bone building agents, right? They're the cells that help build bone, so they help thicken bones. And then, uh, you know, again, it will activate the liver, which can turn on the production of insulin-like growth factor, which can help with the growth in the length of your long bones, and also helps with uh, overall cell division, differentiation, metabolism. So that's kind of the, the mechanism there, the axis. Now, again, potential problems from synthetic growth hormones. So a lot of people you know, hear these amazing benefits, right? Because it is the quintessential anti-aging hormone. We want it to be optimized uh, as we're aging, for sure. Uh, however, we don't want to do this synthetically. The reason why are, is there's a lot of downstream side effects of taking synthetic growth hormone. People that are taking it for a long time can oftentimes lead to increased joint pain, insulin resistance, edema, liver and kidney problems, carpal tunnel syndrome, and increased risk of cancer growth. You know, just like any sort of hormone, we shouldn't be, you know, taking and injecting um, any sort of hormone into our system unless you know, for whatever reason, we're not producing it at all, right? There are certain cases where people um, <clears throat> have conditions where they can't produce any human growth hormone. And in this case, synthetic growth hormone is a lifesaver. However, for, you know, a normal adult, an adult athlete, taking synthetic growth hormone will shut down their own ability to produce natural growth hormone, which again, can cause a lot of different issues in their bodies. We don't want to do that. Okay, so top strategies to optimize HGH naturally. <clears throat> this is what you want to do. So this is this is the important part here, guys. We learned about growth hormone. Now we're learning about what we are, what we need to do here, uh, in order to make sure that our growth hormone is optimized. So that's super critical. So number one, reduce sugar intake. 
Okay, we know sugar drives up insulin. Insulin blocks growth hormone. We need to eat sufficient protein. So when we are consuming food, we need to eat a good amount of protein, which we need to help with the lean body mass development, right? To help trigger lean body mass growth. Uh, we need to get into ketosis, right? Getting into ketosis. Now, we don't have to be in ketosis all the time, but from time to time, that is a natural state where insulin is low and that helps optimize our HGH. We want to do strength training. So lifting weights, particularly really challenging ourselves when we're lifting weights, um, you know, going to, you know, a point where we're close to failure or at failure, whether we're, you know, doing body weight resistance training, like push-ups and pull-ups, or we're actually lifting weights, that is going to help us, right? And you can do, you know, uh, you know, Nautilus equipment, right? The different, um, you know, assisted lifts. If you're older and you're concerned about uh, using free weights, that works fine as well, as long as you're challenging yourself. Intermittent fasting, intermittent and extended fasting are great daily strategies to optimize your growth hormone. We'll talk about some of the research there. Optimize sleep levels. So you need to be sleeping well. That's when your body's going to produce the most amount of growth hormone. So if you eat right before you go to bed, you are blunting your growth hormone level, especially if you're eating sugary foods. So you're not going to recover as well. You're not going to support your immune system, your bone health as well, um, you know, that overnight. And so we want to optimize our sleep levels and we want to stop eating several hours before going to bed to start getting the growth hormone rise. And we get this largest rise, kind of the peak rise between somewhere around 10 PM to 2 AM for optimal fat burning, for optimal metabolic health, for optimal lean body tissue development, so super key, you know, we want to be in deep sleep for a, at least a few of those hours between 10 and two using a sauna or getting like heat, right? Intense heat can actually help stimulate growth hormone production as can cold showers or cold plunges. And then there are certain key nutrients, particularly zinc and magnesium that are very important for, um, and of course, amino acids that are very, very important for growth hormone production. So um, weight loss benefits of ketosis, you know, obviously when we get into ketosis, we are burning more fat for fuel. Again, this is part of that is activated by growth hormone because insulin is down. You're not going to get into ketosis unless you take supplemental ketones. You cannot get into ketosis unless your insulin levels fall below a certain critical threshold that now allows your body to turn on fat. Because as long as insulin is elevated in your bloodstream, you're not going to be able to burn fat. It stops you from burning fat for fuel. So when, when insulin goes down, growth hormone goes up, it helps turn, tell the body burn fat, which also tells the body to create ketones. It reduces hunger, right? So when, we're, when we have ketones elevated in the brain, they reduce hunger and you feel satiated and you rarely experience hunger. Um, it also helps stabilize your blood sugar, helps keep your blood sugar balanced and stable. So all very important for overall health. And when we're looking at protein levels, okay, this is critical as well. How do you determine how much protein you should consume? You know, I would say the lowest amount would be, unless you're doing like a full day fast, would be somewhere around 0.8 to one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. So how do you figure out your kilograms? You divide your overall weight by, um, well, it's yeah divided by 2.2 and it comes up with your kilograms. So roughly 0.8 to one gram protein per kilogram body weight is around 
half your body weight in grams. Okay, so this is kind of the easier way for those of us that aren't using kilograms. So if you weigh 160 pounds, it would be roughly around 80 grams of protein. That would be a really good strategy for pretty much everybody. Now, some individuals, if you're looking to lose weight and build muscle, you may want to amp that up, right? So going somewhere between 1.2 to 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, or roughly, you know, somewhere between 60 to 100% of your own body weight in grams of protein, right, would be really helpful there for muscle building and for extreme athletes, right? Extreme athletes are going to need even more protein. So oftentimes they're consuming their full body weight in protein, if not more, in order to properly recover from exercise. So if they weigh 160 pounds, they're consuming 160, maybe even up to 200 grams of protein to really fully recover from whatever intense athletic performance that they're doing. But at the minimum, you want to consume about half your body weight in protein, and you want to do it in a consolidated eating window, which we're going to talk about as we go on. And so high-intensity interval resistance training benefits. So we definitely want to make sure we're doing strength training or high-intensity interval training. When we're working at a really high intensity, we are going to stimulate more growth hormone. Growth hormone, again, is critical for recovering and stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So when we train really intensely, we are causing muscle tissue autophagy and hypertrophy, right? So the muscle tissue breaks down, but then it rebuilds. We are stimulating mitophagy, so breaking down and rebuilding and forming new mitochondria for energy production. We're optimizing our hormonal mechanisms, which again is growth hormone, um, raising up endorphins, improving our mood, our circulation, lymphatic drainage. So we are, are, we are dramatically improving our health when we are doing high-intensity interval and resistance training. Now, interestingly, fasting, and particularly fasting for up to 24 hours, so like a one meal a day, kind of like a dinner-to-dinner -dinner fast or a lunch-to-lunch -lunch fast, can boost your growth hormone by up to 2,000 Percent, And that was based off this study here in Nutrition, Metabolism, Cardiovascular Discoveries. Um, and this was in 2013 when it was published. It says, randomized crossover trial of short-term water-only fasting, the metabolic and cardiovascular consequences. And so the one-day fast intervention acutely increased human growth hormone. And it, for women, it was by 1,300%. By, by men, for men, it was 2,000% increase. It also increased hemoglobin, red blood cell count, hematocrit, so the overall kind of blood, uh, blood cells and blood thickness. It also increased total cholesterol as well as HDL and decreased triglycerides. Now, why did it increase cholesterol? A lot of people would think that's bad, but here are the notes on the study. Um, this is a quote from Dr. Horn, who led the study. He says, fasting causes hunger or stress. In response, the body releases more cholesterol, allowing it to utilize fat as a source of fuel instead of glucose. This decreases the number of fat cells in the body, says Dr. Horn. This is important because the fewer fat cells a body has, the less likely it will experience insulin resistance or diabetes. So when the body's under that sort of hunger, it releases more cholesterol. Cholesterol helps bring fatty acids or triglycerides to different cells of the body. So when we are not able to burn fat, triglycerides detach from cholesterol and we have more free triglycerides in the bloodstream. When we 
um, are fasting, the, the cholesterol is shuttling. Cholesterol is like a bus. It's bringing triglycerides. It's bringing all your fat-soluble nutrients, coenzyme Q10, your, your, um, your, it's bringing your, what am I thinking of? Uh, you know, your phosphatidyl, your, your phospholipids um, to the cells, which make up all the cell membranes, right? So all the components for the cells to heal and regenerate and also to produce energy. It's bringing those things out there. And so that's why it goes up. That's actually a good sign, right? Because we're burning the fat uh, in our system. And it says, this recent study also confirmed earlier findings about the effects of fasting on human growth hormone, a, me a metabolic protein. HGH works to protect lean muscle and metabolic balance, a response triggered and accelerated by fasting. During the 24-hour fasting periods, HGH increased an average of 1,300% in women and nearly 2,000% in men. Unbelievable. In this most recent trial, researchers conducted two fasting studies of over 200 individuals, both patients and healthy volunteers. They were recruited at Intermountain Medical Center, which is where they did the study. A second 2011 clinical trial followed another 30 patients who drank only water and ate nothing else for 24 hours. They were also monitored while eating a normal diet during an additional 24-hour period. So they tested them eating a normal diet for 24 hours and not eating for 24 hours. And that's where they came up with the 1,300% increase in HGH uh, on average for women and 2,000% in men. Um, they, they took blood tests, physical measurements to evaluate cardiac risk factors, markers of metabolic risk, and other general health parameters. So, you know, very interesting study done at the Intermountain Medical Center and how they looked at human growth hormone. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about the tasty probiotic enzyme and polyphenol infused energy drink that I use on a regular basis that doesn't have caffeine and really powers up my brain and my body. It's called Metabolic Reds. It's an anti-aging nutraceutical that you drink. See, most energy drinks leave us dealing with the midday crash. You know, they kind of wear off and then we, you know, our energy levels go way down. And then there's other ones that are more natural that just have like a planty, like a grass-like taste that make them really hard to stomach. And that's where Metabolic Reds comes in. It was made to pack in nine different natural blends that are scientifically proven to boost energy and focus, but it also tastes awesome. And the best part, you won't feel like you're forcing down another health drink. You're not gonna get the midday crash. Metabolic Reds are designed to be easy to drink. It's 100% natural, gives you the natural energy boost you've been missing. These nutrients that are in it help the most important cells of your body adapt, grow, and stay healthier longer. Guys, you've gotta try it for yourself to truly see how good this stuff tastes. Just go to getreds.com forward slash jockers. That's getreds or G-E-T-R-E-D-S.com forward slash jockers. That will unlock your offer to get a free metabolic greens with your purchase of the metabolic reds. So you get two for one. So check that out, guys. Again, getreds.com forward slash jockers. You guys are going to love the metabolic reds. So fasting is key, you know, even doing a 16 to 18 hour fast, you know, three or four days a week can make a difference. And I am a huge advocate of really helping people get metabolically flexible and metabolically fit enough to where they can do that one day, 24 hour fast, right? A kind of lunch to lunch, 
breakfast to breakfast or dinner to dinner fast, however you like to do it best. But somewhere in that 22 to 24 hour range, getting a really good fast like that on a weekly basis can be extremely powerful for healing and regeneration, uh, anti-aging because of these growth hormone effects. Now, on top of that, we also need to prioritize good sleep. So you don't eat right before you go to bed. Okay, so important. Why? Because again, we want optimal growth hormone release. The best hours for growth hormone release are between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., which is also kind of timed in when, uh, around when you're getting your highest quality deep sleep, right? So we go through different stages of sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep. So typically deep sleep, your, your body's trying to get into a state of deep sleep earlier in the night and then REM sleep later in the night. So gr optimal growth hormone production is timed into your circadian rhythm when you're getting that deep sleep. So what do you do to optimize your deep sleep? Keep your room cool, have an overhead fan, maybe have the AC on. A, a cool room will help you sleep better and deeper. Keep your room as dark as possible. We know lights, different things like that will stimulate more melatonin, um, you know, clocks, things like that. So keep your room as dark as possible. Use a sleep mask to block out any other sort of ambient light, maybe from the moon coming in or whatever it is. Sleep mask will help block that out. So it doesn't impact your eye, your retina, and shut down melatonin release. Of course, you want to avoid caffeine within eight hours of sleeping. So you fully metabolized it so it doesn't inhibit your ability to get really good deep sleep. You want to get sun exposure during the day, which kind of sounds weird when it comes to sleep, but getting sun exposure during the day helps set your circadian rhythm so you can sleep better at night. You want to exercise regularly like we talked about, but just not late at night because exercising is stimulating. So if you exercise, you know, 7, 8, 9 p.m. at night, you are not going to get as good a growth hormone release. You're not going to sleep as well. Okay, and avoid bright light after sunset. And so after sunset, you should dim all the lights in your house. You should put on blue light blocking glasses to block out any sort of blue light that might come from your phone or from other devices in your home. And then after 9 p.m., you should not have any goals. So accomplish whatever you need to accomplish before 9 p.m. And then start really winding down and relaxing, maybe reading a light book, having a casual conversation, uh, praying, meditating, all great things, but you shouldn't be like, you know, trying to do a bunch of stuff for your business or um, catch up on work or, you know, do the laundry or something. If you're doing that, you have goals and that's going to stimulate more dopamine, more cortisol, and that's going to blunt your, your ability to produce melatonin and to sleep deep and to get optimal growth hormone production. So good sleep is critical. Other things would be things like sauna therapy. Sauna therapy has been shown to increase HGH up to five times the baseline levels. So amazing right there. Five times the baseline levels. It acts to preserve lean body tissue, burn fat, improve cellular healing and immune response, right? On top of that, sauna helps reduce inflammation, helps to facilitate detoxification through sweat. It's been shown to stimulate autophagy when the body breaks down bad cells and recycles the components for cellular renewal, right? It activates heat shock proteins, which carry out the these heat shock proteins really turn up autophagy and cell renewal in the, in the system. So getting regular sauna, I try to get in my sauna at least three to five times a week, you know, at least minimum three times a week. And ideally I'm shooting for like five sessions a week, about a hundred minutes altogether, five 20 minute sessions, 
uh, is kind of my goal. You know, if I'm traveling or uh, just have, you know, unique things in my schedule, I'm not able to do that. Other than that, I really do try to get in my sauna in the mornings, um, you know, typically every day during the week. Okay. So, um, so three to five times a week to really get the optimal benefits. And then after my shower, or I'm sorry, after my sauna, I follow it up with a cold shower, cold showers will actually help stimulate growth hormone production as well. So doing that sort of stress tells the body, okay, we need to be really metabolically flexible, metabolically fit. So it actually turns up autophagy, turns up mitochondrial biogenesis, turns up circulatory health and boosts growth hormone to burn fat, to build lean body tissue and to recover more effectively. So I'll do a cold shower. Now the whole shower won't be cold. I'll turn it on. I'll turn it on hot, but you know how it takes like 30 seconds to get hot. So I jump in there. So like right away I get in, I uh, usually I'm just flexing my muscles to try to get more circulation while the shower warms up. So I get cold in the front end and then I will soap, you know, do my shampoo and soap. So that will take a few minutes. And then from there, I turn it cold at the end and I wait, make sure it's cold. And then I count to 30, right? Getting that last 30 seconds of just cold water right at the end, which helps close your pores, great for your skin. Again, stimulates that growth hormone, stimulates endorphins, improves your energy levels. So a lot of great benefits there. So cold showers, okay? And then top nutrients and supplements to support HGH production. Well, we talked about zinc and magnesium. Those are probably the two most important, but then there are other compounds like alpha GPC, GABA, um, you know, we've talked about GABA in the past for inhibitory brain activity, like the breaks in the brain. If you're having anxiety, irritability, um, things like that, then GABA can really help with that. Melatonin, of course, the sleep hormone, arginine, which is an amino acid, creatine, right? Which I personally use, and I, I think it's great for energy, uh, muscle strength, right? Brain health, and then glycine, another amino acid that uh, is critical for liver detoxification, critical for collagen production, right? And also can play a role in HGH production. So zinc, this is a great place to start. Zinc and magnesium, making sure your zinc levels are optimal, super critical. I look at um, plasma zinc to serum copper ratios, which I always want to be somewhere between one to 1.2, meaning that your zinc serum zinc to, I'm sorry, plasma zinc to serum copper should be roughly the same, right? Or a little bit more zinc, okay, on blood work. And here are some symptoms of a zinc deficiency, low energy, insomnia, infertility, particularly, you know, things like infertility, loss of taste or smell. If you're noticing that, a lot of people notice that when they get certain viruses, that can be a zinc deficiency issue. Skin rashes, eczema, loss of appetite, lowered immunity, poor memory, sinus problems and allergies, spots on your fingernails, like little white spots can be associated with zinc deficiency, um, different types of cancers, particularly hormonal cancers like breast, prostate cancer, ovarian uh, can all be related to zinc deficiency, loss of libido, frequent colds or flus. So you're getting sick often, abnormal hair loss and slow thinking processes can all be associated with zinc deficiency. Now, Again, zinc, super critical for all hormone function in particular, you know, we're talking about HGH today. So very important for that, but also for progesterone, for estrogen, for testosterone, for men. So really all these things helps keep inflammation under control, really important for supporting the P53 gene, which protects against breast, prostate cancer, and other hormonal cancers, 
Um, so very important stuff that zinc does. Now, magnesium, just as important, super important. A lot of neurological issues associated with magnesium deficiencies, poor sleep quality, headaches, poor cognitive processing, but also things like irregular heartbeat, pain and soreness in the body, muscle spasms and cramping, numbness and tingling, mood and behavioral disorders, and fatigue all associated with magnesium deficiencies. So support your magnesium, support your zinc. And then if you're looking for some additional support, you know, alpha GPC is a supplement that some people will go out and get, and it is legal, right? It's not a synthetic uh, HGH. It is a brain boosting nootropic, right? So it helps support brain function in a 2012 clinical trial published in the in nutrition journal has found that alpha GPC may help to improve HGH secretion. Only one gram can increase levels by 290% in healthy young men, according to the trial. So if you're looking for like an outside supplement beyond just supporting your magnesium and your zinc, um, and then doing all the things we talked about, alpha GPC seems like the most promising. Uh, GABA, GABA is another good one, right? A lot of times, again, if you're experiencing anxiety, insomnia, things like that, GABA can be really helpful. And a 2008 clinical trial published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise has found that GABA may improve human growth hormone levels. Melatonin is another one. It's a hormone that promotes sleep. And a 1993 clinical trial published in Clinical Endocrinology, it showed that melatonin increased HGH secretion. You also have arginine. Arginine uh, supports growth hormone release while you're sleeping. A 1982 clinical trial found that arginine supports secretion of growth hormone during sleep. Creatine, again, you know, it's known for helping improve muscle strength. Arginine is known for stimulating nitric oxide pathways for better vasodilation, get more blood flow. Um, you know, creatine is known for helping improve strength and also helps improve brain health. And, um, you know, it also boosts growth hormone secretion, right? So it can be beneficial there. So you may already be taking creatine if you're looking for increased muscle strength, right? But also creatine actually plays a role in your brain's ability to think sharply and quickly as well. So a lot of mitochondrial support supplements actually are now putting creatine in there, um, you know, for, again, for helping improve brain health and energy production. And then you have glycine. Glycine is an important amino acid in collagen. A 1978 study published in Metabolism showed that it stimulates secretion of HGH. So, you know, ideally these kinds of things we're getting in food. So if you're eating like animal meats, right, grass-fed, um, beef, things like that, you're getting arginine, creatine, glycine. You just need to be able to metabolize it effectively, right? So you need good stomach acid production. That's important. And you're also going to get more glycine if you're eating the collagenous regions, right? So the tendinous, ligamentous regions, doing bone broth, or you may consider bone broth or collagen protein uh, to support your glycine levels, right? And that can be really helpful as well. And then if you're going to supplement with one thing, you know, again, zinc may be important. Uh, for a lot of people, I find magnesium, right? Magnesium makes a big difference and they notice it. Like immediately, they're like, wow, that magnesium, I just felt like I had my brain back. I felt calm, relaxed. I was able to sleep better. I had better energy. I wasn't anxious. I didn't feel overwhelmed. They notice it right away. And so the brain calm magnesium that we sell on drjockers.com, I'm telling you, we get, I mean, so many different testimonials from people all the time saying, wow, this just really helped calm my brain. I have less anxiety. I sleep better. Um, I don't get overwhelmed by stress. 
and I just feel a lot better. It's reduced my cravings, right? Whatever, you know, we're hearing all kinds of stuff like that because it really helps your brain deal with stress more effectively, right? So it helps calm your brain, uh, take it further away from thresholds. So you're more relaxed, you're more in control of yourself and you're able to sleep and recover more effectively. So that would be a great place to start if you're, you know, really looking for a supplement, but you know, pretty much the things we talked about, cutting out sugar, eating enough protein, intermittent fasting. Um, we talked about strength training, right? So doing high intensity strength training, optimizing sleep, right? These things are all free, cold showers, right? Sauna, of course, you got to have a sauna, but you know, most of these things are very low cost uh, or free that you can be doing to help support and optimize your growth hormone levels. And that is what I would recommend. Really focusing in on those things, okay, rather than looking for specific supplements to only focus on growth hormone, right? Now, brain calm would be great just for its ability to help you deal with stress more effectively. If you're under a tremendous amount of stress, that is going to blunt and inhibit your growth hormone production. It's going to elevate your blood sugar, your insulin levels, cause a lot of problems in your body. So magnesium helps you deal with stress more effectively, and therefore it can be really, really helpful. So guys, check it out. And um, hopefully you guys like this training. You know, obviously uh, I always enjoy doing these. And so we'll see you guys on a future online training. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.